Hello again, this is Altalena, and welcome back to An Aesthetic Education. I am delighted to say that today we are joined by Bo Morrow. Bo is a graphic designer and owner of Left Hand Designs, a specialized design company based in Austin, Texas. Uh, throughout his career in the design world, Bo has worked with a plethora of people, all searching for that aesthetic spark uh, to help their businesses grow. Everybody from small businesses to Fortune 500 companies. So I'm especially delighted that we get to have a little bit of an insight and a little bit of uh, an extra interest into the design world, but you know, also from the business perspective as much as from the artist perspective. So, Bo, thank you so much for for joining me, and uh, welcome to an aesthetic education. Um, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Awesome. Thanks for having awesome. me. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So I, as I'm sure you might be aware, we like to start off some of these interviews with um, just like a little walk down memory lane. Um, so I'd love mm -hmm. if you can kind of tell our listeners just what are some of your earliest memories of the point where you were first interested in art or drawing or creativity? How did that come about in your in your own world, in your own life? Sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, started definitely in grade school. Um, I don't know that I had a super artistic family, so to speak. Uh, but my grandpa had a very artistic kind of style. He dealt in like antiques and stuff. And, um, you know, somehow I got the, the creative brain, I think, from him. Um, and then, you know, slowly just like kind of uh figured out that i was gravitating towards uh kind of the art world in like elementary school and then middle school when you start getting in electives and stuff i was taking art in there and then um you know high school and went to college for it so it's always been you know kind of ingrained in me um i was never like the strongest drawer or painter or you know any of that stuff but um you know i could get around in it but it's like it's kind of like when i was introduced uh i'm a real techie guy my dad is a software engineer and when i was introduced i remember playing with like microsoft paint for the first time i was like oh my god this is cool you know so just the the combination of art and technology um really kind of sucked me in and uh you know from there, I just, you know, that's, that's just kind of been my medium. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I find it interesting. So in the sense, and, and we've had this conversation with a few other people before, but uh, you had access to art at school in some form, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. what did that kind of, you know, did, was it a big, was it sort of a big art program? Was it supportive or was it just sort of little, just little opportunities here and there? Uh, are we talking about grade school or college? Yeah, well, grade school. I mean, I would say maybe let's look at high school through college. High school through college. Yeah. So, uh, you know, high school, they had a pretty decent program um, for for what they offered. You know, there was, you know, there was drawing and painting and stuff. Um, so probably a little more advanced. I actually went to two different high schools, one in California and then the other one here in Austin. Um, the one in california was definitely more um you could take you know painting and like drawing and like individual like very specific um art classes and then when i moved here it was just kind of your general art one two you know yeah um but then in college uh i went to texas state and they have um, a really good design program. So, you know, I graduated with a communication design degree and they take you through, I mean, you start off with like taking art history classes, um, almost minor than that. And, um, and they take you through, you know, all the drawing and painting. And, you know, I think I even took like a fibers class. You take really weird stuff as a, as a fine art degree, but, um, you know, and then I, I got into the design stuff. So, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I think when you when you look at that sort of journey, right, you did have you had exposure to a lot of different types of art, as you said, um, different yep. mediums, different things like that. So but you said, obviously, the tech side inspired you um, and obviously also the tech world and art as tech has changed so much um, in the last uh, 20 years. 
Um, sure. So what was what was it like when you first sort of started when you I mean, you obviously had Microsoft Paint, but but when you sort of got exposed maybe to Adobe for the first time. Right. Um, and, and just sort of what was what was what what was it about that sort of creative portal almost that excited you and, and allowed you to sort of do things that you couldn't do with with painting, let's say, or something like that? Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it gave me a new medium to work with. The ideas artistically were always in my head, um, creatively, you know, in my head, but I felt like the computer, I was kind of able to, uh, to pull those ideas out, um, in a medium that I felt comfortable with. Um, you know, first time I used Photoshop was in, it's probably like 2001, uh, 2000 maybe that 2001 in college uh got the old bubble imac uh back in the day yeah uh, got my first version of pirated photoshop and it was like you know game changer uh, uh you know that first class when i was learning all this stuff um just you know more technique driven it was uh it was so eye-opening for me i knew like you know that, that that's where i wanted to be and um so yeah so where you know thinking about then your own your own style um mm-hmm. art and and you know we'll get into the design elements and what you do for businesses in a minute but thinking about just like if you're just kind of playing around let's say um on the computer um what do you how would you sort of what do you what draws you in what sort of style do you like to put out there and and what do you kind of consider um what inspires you, I guess, is the best way to say it, to create some, some of those pieces? Sure. Um, it's it's all kind of inspired by things that that I relate to and that I like or the ones that, you know, they're kind of like, um, you know, you're a little more passionate about. Uh, I tell clients all the time, you know, if, if they're, you know, they have a, a business or a product or something that, you know, I can really relate to, um, then I'm able to just kind of like ingrain myself into that. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot different doing a logo, um, or branding for like, you know, a brewery than it is maybe like a law firm, even though I do both, uh, I relate more to the breweries than I do (laughs) a law firm. Um, but, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Step by step, I think, is is a great way to yeah. look at it. Um, so, so have you, I mean, thinking about just motivation, what artists have you sort of looked at maybe out there? I said you said that you briefly studied art history. You were maybe going to minor in it. Um, what sort of artists have really motivated you? Or, you know, just giving you, you're like, wow, that's amazing. I wish I could incorporate some of their elements into my own work, um, you know, just in terms of style and, and things like that. Sure. Um, it's a good question. So, you know, I don't like the one that pops out to me that I've always been a huge fan of, even like going back to college is Roy Lichtenstein, mm-hmm. um, just like the pop art style. Um, the fact that he was able to kind of create this um, almost machine-made looking art uh, just with like, you know, traditional paint. And it's uh, that style just like really resonated with me. Um, I took a, uh, a screen printing, like printmaking class mm-hmm. in college, and we learned like, uh, you know, screen printing, scratch board lithograph like we did all that um and i did several Liechtenstein inspired pieces um in that in that class kind of like you know working through that process so i would say him and my art today doesn't you know it's not really uh super relatable to this the types of stuff he does every now and then like i'll kind of dip into that style but it's something that i've always been drawn to Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever just think about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, do you ever just think about creating something uh, Roy Lichtenstein inspired just for yourself? Uh, absolutely. Um, I just, you know, these days it's it's more for like lack of time. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a busy dude. I got, you know, a three-year-old and a seven-year-old at, at the house too. And 
you know, they keep us super busy. So yeah. it's uh life is hectic right now. Yeah. Um, as, a, as, a, but, as always. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so we've kind of touched on this already, but, um, <clears throat> Uh, maybe you could just kind of walk through it, you know, so you went to went to college, uh, you studied that uh, communication design. Um, sounds like it was an amazing experience. So how did you sort of go from, you know, gaining obviously the skills, the the knowledge, the uh, familiarity with design, with the computing side of things and all those different pieces to, you know, basically making that your career as a graphic designer and then eventually starting your own company right left hand design um and and really sort of then branching out on your own your own business sure so yeah i mean through college you kind of learn all the foundational stuff um you're you're given kind of uh, mock clients that you produce projects for which are great exercises um and then you know you design everything from ads to logos to you know stationery and brochures and stuff like that and i think that that is done just to see where you kind of gravitate towards um at least in the program that i was in and so once you get out you kind of find your strengths and weaknesses your first job out of college is typically with like you know either a small design firm or an ad agency um mine was with an ad agency um and you know, you're usually brought in as kind of an entry level designer or, you know, studio artist. Um, and then you're kind of in that stage, you're working through the technical aspects of it. Uh, you're getting to know kind of like what a creative brief is and what the, you know, you're getting direction from like art directors and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And you're also at the same time learning the technical aspects of what you need to know, like, you know, um, you know, prepping jobs for like print and types of printing and, you know, like all of this other stuff. And then from there, you kind of get to know how the workings of an agency go. Um, the agency that I started with was like a 50 person shop. From there, I moved on to another place that was like, you know, like a 10 man shop. And, so, and then I had an internship at a, at another firm here in Austin that had like at one time 700 employees, which is like wow. crazy. That's um, insane. so I got, I got to see it from all spectrums. Um, and then from there I was able to decipher kind of what I wanted to be, uh, especially when I got down into that, that small shop and I was doing the majority of the work. Mm. It's like, man, I need to be doing this for myself, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, at that point when, you know, I was like art director, designer, uh, wearing a lot of hats there, but you're, when you're going into the meetings and you're, you're talking through all of the stuff before the art actually starts happening. Um, you know, I kind of figured out I could do it for myself. And so, um, I, I freelanced from like Oh three to 08. And then in 08, I went, fully on my own and I've been doing it ever since. So, um, and it's very much a learning process, just like mm -hmm. everything else, every, you know, I learn something every day. Um, you know, at this point, like, you know, I love making mistakes at this point in my career because you learn from them, from them, you never do them again. And then you can kind of talk to and teach somebody else not to make, make those same mistakes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think that's amazing. You know, I think, uh, it's a fascinating world to be in, in the sense that not a lot of people, we all look at the work of graphic designers pretty much every day in some form. Um, but people don't really recognize that or really necessarily appreciate uh, just kind of the complexities and the process that goes into the creation of these pieces every single time. Um it's it's I think one of those one of those little niche industries in a way that is vital and yet often just not thought about, which I guess in some ways is a compliment because if you're making an ad, right, you don't really want people to feel like it's an ad, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of background that goes into you know any uh, type of art that is just like 
you know, not really seen when, when people look at the final piece, you know what I mean? There's a lot that goes into, uh, you know, the, just the background of that many, many later layers. Yeah. I, I was wondering also just in terms of thinking about it really from the, you know, I know a lot of people listening to this, uh, will be interested in, in the business aspect. Um, when you decided to obviously set up your own shop at that point, you'd been doing it for you know a fair amount of time. Were you? I mean, you're obviously nervous in the sense that it's a new industry, and in the in you know you're you're trying to break into as as a sole practitioner basically. Um, but I mean, did you come in with a lot of clients already that you had been doing long term projects for, or was it sort of like a blank slate at that stage? Yeah, so it was kind of all over the place. Um, I can tell you like the it's funny the way that you know how life drags you in one position to just mm -hmm. kind of like get your foundational stuff set for me I was doing a lot of work um mostly uh like logo and brand type type stuff um freelance and then uh, this client um that turned into a client of mine for like many years reached out to me is like can you design like mail pieces mm. I was like yeah i could probably do that <clears throat> and he's this guy's a political consultant um mm. i'm the least political person you've ever met <laughs> so i had no relation to that but um so i started designing these mail pieces for him and you know five turned into 10 turned into 50 turned into 100 and you know he's got like bunch of different clients and then those clients reaching out to me and then before i knew it i had this like political mail piece design company you know um that was like basically kind of holding the left-hand design afloat while i was mm. doing more the the type of work that i wanted to do on the side which was like branding right yeah so that was just kind of like my path into it from there i met a lot of people people like non-political people who were like starting businesses and stuff so i was able to get my foot in the door um doing branding for for these other these other companies and from there it just kind of grew organically from that yeah. um yep yeah i i think it's it's always interesting how these businesses begin to then take on a life of their own so Obviously, at this point, you're you're doing the work that you want to be doing, right? You you get to right. kind of pick the projects in the sense that if people come to you, if you're not interested in it, um, you don't have to take it, right? Um, right. So, I, I mean, how do you sort of balance that? So, when somebody approaches you, right, and as you said, you've worked with everybody from law firms to to breweries um, to myself, obviously. Um, how do you sort of, you know, because as you say, you might not be that interested in the law firm um, logo. Um, but how do you sort of compartmentalize, I guess, the choices and what you decide to take on? Sure. Um, so I can tell you when I was doing it all myself, um, my brother Paul works with me now and he has for the last like five or six years. Um, before Paul was on and I was doing everything, uh, I was... I was not saying no a lot, which yeah. kind of got me into trouble. Uh, I think other, you know, designers can definitely relate to this, but you know, you're, you're strapped for time. You're saying yes to everything. You're going through rounds and rounds of revisions that are overlapping each other. And I think through that process and everybody kind of needs to go through that to learn, mm. okay, I don't need to take all this on. Let's focus on what I want. And then you start asking yourself, what what kind of projects and clients do I want to be working on? And then, you know, those that's how you kind of market yourself uh, via, you know, online, social media, yeah. all that stuff. You kind of like uh, hone in on one area, right? Yeah. Um, that's, a, yeah. Is it, is it something in terms of... Um... I mean, do you, I, I know, obviously, Paul, Paul's been working on this, now, as you said, for five or six years. Um, when you talk with your brother about it, do you really think about it in terms of your messaging on social media to try and attract um, the clients? Or is that more just Paul's domain? Is that kind of his, his prerogative in that sense? Right, yeah. So I kind of lean on Paul. Paul's like uh, front of 
the house for lighting yeah. design. So he's, you know, taking all the calls and, and stuff. And so we kind of talk it over and it, he like having him as that filter makes it a little bit easier for me to say no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know, so we, we really do like, you know, I don't absolutely love every project that I work on. Um, I do like all the clients that I work with. We're really yeah. blessed, like just have good people, um, that we work with. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, not all projects, um, sure. Speak to you, your, know what you're saying. yeah. Speak right. to your artistic soul necessarily. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's interesting kind of segues into the next question I was hoping to ask you, which is, you know, it's, this is a commercial venture, obviously, and graphic design is particularly commercially focused. Um, but you do obviously have, you know, you've studied art, you've, you've been an artist for a long time, and you have your own aesthetic uh, beliefs and aesthetic choices. Um, so, you know, what are some of those considerations? What are some of those like must have things that no matter what the project is, it could be, like I said, a biotech company or, um, or my own company, right. Which is more art focused. You know, what are some of those things that you always want to include one way or another that will make the, the logo or the brand, um, have some sort of, you know, aesthetic spark. Sure. So, um, you know, I kind of learned this over time, but it's you really truly have to understand uh the client and you know the client is always going to have or a lot of times going to have an opinion of what they want yeah. um what they want is not always what's going to be the best for them um so it's going to be kind of up to you to talk that through with them um i think the the target audience is another thing that is super important uh, to know and to kind of like, you know, talk through with your client, um, and then figure out a good solution artistically for, to, to kind of find a nice harmony and all that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just walk the client through kind of, uh, the process and, and how it works. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, trailing off there but no you're good you're good i think um it's interesting obviously you know we've gone through a few various things together um working on working on logos designs and 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 other things like that um i think it's what's what i was always so impressed with and what i really enjoyed doing with us and and our the whole process that we went through was the fact that I had a vision and you were able to understand the vision and then actually make it uh, practical, right? Because uh, as somebody who doesn't necessarily have a an artistic ability <laughs> of any note, um, it's, it's, it's hard to sort of, you know, know what you're thinking in your head and then actually how does that become a reality? Right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so I think that was what was most impressive and really most pleasing about the, about the whole process. I mean, and we can just, this is just a little segue, but talking about the, the Altalena logo, um, that was obviously heavily inspired by, uh, the Vienna, Vienna Werkstatt, right? The Vienna workshop, um, that happened at the turn of the 19th century, um, in 20th century. So, I mean, you obviously hadn't, I'm guessing you didn't know too much about that when I came with that, with that particular group to you, right? I didn't know. No. So, but aesthetically you saw, I mean, can you just sort of talk me through briefly what you, what you saw, like with the little logos that we looked at and things like that and how you were able to kind of, you know, make that a bit more modern? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, with the project like yours and a lot of other projects that I work on, um, there's some form of inspiration that comes from that, whether it's like from, um, you know, other art or, you know, some, uh, photography or, you know, it could come from a number of different things. Um, and then, you know, figure out what kind of the end goal for that is and just find a solution that is going to work. Um, you know, for, for many, many years down the line, um, that's going to be effective both, um, for, 
for branding purposes for the client. And then mm-hmm. kind of on the technical side, you know, how are you, how are you using that logo? Where is it going to go? Um, all that stuff. And then taking all that into consideration in, sure. in putting your branding together. Yeah. What I mean, what are the differences? And I've obviously been, we've all been thinking about this in, in this new tech world that we live in. Um, what are some of the differences that you really think about in terms of like online versus print um, when trying to come up with a brand? Like if, if it's mostly going to be used on paper, uh, it's obviously going to look different to social media. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, anything on the web is is typically more vibrant mm-hmm. than, than print unless you're printing with like, you know, Pantone colors and, and that kind of stuff. Um, if you're using like Pantone colors, you want to be limited in those because if you're trying to print like, say, a poster with 12, 12 colors, um, depending on the client, it can get like pretty costly. So yeah. those are things that you got to kind of keep in mind. Um, you know, print and web, like, you know, if, if someone's printing, like, uh, you know, say for a logo and brand, I'm, they want this, like, I'm working with a client right now that wants like all fluorescent, Mm -hmm. um, colors. It's like a graffiti type brand. Right. And I explained to them early on, you know, on web, it's always going to look great. It's going to look fluorescent, but in order for that to look fluorescent in print, uh, you got to be printing with hand tone colors, but they're going to be printing like, like four color, like, you know, CMYK brochures, which will muddy it up those colors. So there's like, there's kind of like all this like technical know-how behind that, um, between, between the print and web CMYK versus RGB and all that stuff, which, you know, kind of like it goes over a lot of clients heads and I, I kind of nerd out on that stuff, but, <laughs> um, but it's important to know uh, mm. from from the get go, you know how that's going to translate to to both uh, print and web. Yeah, I mean, I think about it in terms of kind of um, you know like woodcuts, things like that. Sure. Um, yep. When you know back in the day when people would sort of do those those styles of of, of printing and and now obviously you know today it's it's kind of mostly if you do it nicely, I guess you can do a nice screen print. Um, and things like that, depending on what you're what you're actually trying to make, I suppose. But um, but I think it's interesting in the sense that people, it's very. I mean, the, as you say, the technical knowledge required to understand how it works is is very high. Um, most people either don't have the time or the interest necessarily in trying to figure that out. Um, and it's kind of like, yeah, you need to be that encyclopedia of uh of knowledge so that when somebody comes with this vague notion to you you're able to make it a reality for sure and you know another another thing that i have to be aware of like when i'm starting a logo um every logo that i create um if i want it to be effective for my client it's got to translate to black and white it's got to be able to translate to one color it's crazy like i mean you can you can look at, uh, there's a ton of logos out there. A lot of them with like gradients and stuff that they, they just, they just won't translate. And mm. some of my clients like that used to have logos like that. They don't realize that they have a logo that just doesn't work for them until like a year or two down the line. Yeah. Um, but they've already sunk like, you know, $10,000 on a sign and like, you know, all this other money. And then they're like, Oh wait, we're trying to embroider polos and we have this logo that, you know, so it's yeah. like, there's all that kind of knowledge that goes in, in the very beginning to just, you know, get something that works for them moving forward. Yeah. When people come to you and, and like, you know, you've, you've created something for them, you've done, uh, you know, the first, the second, uh, round of designs and things like that. And they still, you know, they're still not getting it or they're still not happy with it a hundred percent. I mean, how do you kind of deal with that? It's just, it might be a personal question, but it's, it's, I'm always fascinated to see with when, cause it is aesthetic and it is personal taste ultimately. Um, sure. you know, and sometimes it just might not mesh. Right. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, from the get go, it, you know, we communicate that, you know, it's a process and sometimes the process is quick and sometimes it's long. Um, and when, when I find myself in, in kind of a process that's taking a little bit longer, or maybe we're not 
hidden and we're a couple rounds deep in revisions. Um, then we kind of start dissecting things and, or I do. And I start asking a lot more questions specifically about, you know, um, what they, it, like what they don't like is just as important as, as what they do like. Right. And yeah. I think as a designer, it's, you know, you have to learn what questions to ask, um, at what point in the process, um, to get to where you want to, to, to where both of you need to be. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, it's just part of the process. Yeah. I think I, uh, what I always find, um, nerve wracking, I guess is the best way to put it is, uh, you know, as you say, you're giving that vision over, um, to somebody else and that's part of that, uh, piece. So it is, as you say, that complicated, uh, back and forth. Um, but yeah, knowing what you don't like, uh, is obviously just as important as knowing what you, you do like, because sometimes, and sometimes people don't even know what they like, honestly. So, um, yeah, which is, which makes it really difficult at that, at that point. Um, you know, so uh, you know, just trying yeah. to think about, yeah, okay, go for it. Yeah, I also find that, you know, sometimes, you know, people are different, right? So mm. overcomplicating it in the beginning can lead to a lot of revisions. So, it, you know, if, if you're a couple rounds in, you're not seeing eye to eye, then you kind of hone in kind of one element at a time. Maybe, mm. maybe that's the icon that we're hung up on, right? And yeah. what is it about the icon? And you kind of, you just go through the motions to, to get that nailed down. All right, let's get the icon in a good, in a good spot. And then mm. we'll explore typography, right? Yeah. I always do colors last. Yeah. Um, it's a full exploration of colors. I don't want people to get caught up on colors in the get go. A lot mm. of people do. Yeah. Um, so that's just like, it's kind of part of my process to simplify things for the client from the get go. Yeah. Do you, I mean, obviously, that's a very collaborative um, process. Um, mm -hmm. Do you collaborate with other artists, other graphic designers, um, you know, for certain projects? Or is it is it very much a solo practice at that point? Yeah, so uh, for a long time, it, it was it was solo. And there's no reason for that other than you know, I was just taking on a lot of projects that I felt were in my wheelhouse mm. and turning down the ones that I didn't, you know, that weren't right. Yeah. And then, uh, probably about four years ago or so I started kind of reaching out to other designers because I, I found that I was turning down a lot of work that, mm. you know, and some of them like really cool projects, uh, or a lot of them actually. And so, I really started collaborating with um, other like illustrators who are much more talented than I am on the, <laughs> on the illustration level. And, um, you know, and then I've, you know, I've also got like web developers and photographers and uh, you know, and all that, but, um, but I have a couple other designers that I work with. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, I've been collaborating a lot more over the last like four years or so. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this has been a running theme as well in a lot of the conversations um, that I've been having so far, which is that in the art world today, it's really has become rather individualistic um, in the sense that artists don't really go out of their wheelhouse too often and they don't work with other people and they don't exchange ideas as often as they as they used to, um, you know, groups of artists don't really come together in the same form, uh, like we've talked about with uh, the Wiener Werkstatt or the even the Impressionists or, or people like that, um, who obviously had manifestos and beliefs and practices and, and all this stuff. And I think it's interesting because I would say that in graphic design, you obviously used to also kind of see that more um, with that whole collaborative space. Um, but do you think working, I mean, obviously you went out by yourself, but did you have a bit more of that sense when you worked in these bigger companies, although maybe not so much in the company that had 700 people? Right. Um, I, I was always just kind of like tunnel vision um, when it came to that. I was always kind of aware what everybody else was doing. Um, but, you know, at the time when I was like growing as a designer, I was like really honed in on my craft and not trying to 
you know, collaborate too much. And, um, you know, I think as you grow, you know, there's part of me that wishes I probably would have started collaborations earlier. And I know other designers that just like started out that way. Um, everybody does it different. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. It's just like, however you want to do it. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, uh, four years ago or whatever, I started reaching out to other artists, artists, because, uh, I've taken on projects that I never would have touched back in the day. And some of those projects have, have turned out to be really cool and, you know, really happy clients and, uh, good relationships along the way. And, yeah um so the collaborations it's cool yeah yeah I dig it. awesome so when you hit a roadblock right when you have that sort of creative you know brick wall in front of you that you're like this is just not happening right now um what do you do what are some of the tricks that you've sort of picked up to to kind of break through that yeah um it's you know it changes i think you what I've learned is, you know, if I'm, if I'm at that block, then I just like, I turn that switch off and Mm -hmm. I get up and I walk out and I just like kind of get away from it, do something else. Um, when I go to kind of reapproach that, um, I'm reapproaching it in like downtimes when I'm not working in my office. So I may be just, you know, cooking dinner or having a beer on the back patio or, you know, driving. And I'll just kind of start thinking about, all right, let's, let's figure this out, you know, start sketching some ideas or whatever. I I think, I feel like removing myself from, you know, my day-to-day workspace, Mm. um, helping me clear my mind is, is kind of what helps me with that. And then once I get there, I can kind of like, you know, dig into some, some inspiration to um for from other designers from movies i mean i get inspiration from everywhere um but i think like just you know opening my eyes and removing myself um is what kind of gets me you know on some new roads to to find the solution to the graphical problem that i'm facing yeah i mean do you think about do you th- do you consider popular taste? I mean, you sort of get this. I think like there's this trend where all of a sudden, kind of. I mean, every every microbrewery sort of has a you know if they don't if they're not spending a lot of money on their logo, all their logos kind of look the same, um, right? Up to a point. I mean, do you sort of consider that fact like oh, if everybody's trending towards one thing, um, you know, you kind of go out on left field a little bit, or or do you think? No, I got to stick, you know, somewhere that's recognizable for the business and and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I think every designer gets caught up in the trends. It's impossible not to. I think that's uh, that's the cross of, you know, a lot of different artists. Right. Um, but you kind of stick to the foundation. The foundation that I know is like kind of what um, what I was taught in school. Like, you know, the people I studied, the the Paul Rands and the Ivan, uh, you know, Tremayevs and mm-hmm. like those guys. And I mean, they they the logos and brands that they created back in the day are like they're like timeless logos, right? They yeah. just they stand the test of time and you know when you're when you're working in like a trendy um kind of style then you know it's not necessarily it's just going to be kind of like a short-lived thing uh it may stand the test of time but you know i looked out back to that foundational stuff the stuff that i learned the ones who were doing doing it long before me and the fact that their stuff still stands up you know so I think there's a lot of similarities in that work, um, you know, that I studied in the work that I do. Um, yeah. I see everything in like, um, in, in shapes and mm. simplicity. I mean, the logo should be a representation of, you know, the company in its simplest form. And, you know, I really try to accomplish that. Um, there's, you know, 
if you look at the work on my website, um, you're going to see some of that foundational work that is talked about, and you're going to see a little bit of the trendy stuff, but that stuff, uh, kind of comes from the needs of the client and what they want versus what, what I'm giving them and, and all that. So there's, there's kind of that aspect to it too. You know, you gotta, you gotta be a pleaser, um, you know, to both parties and, but you, at the same time, you've got to do something that's going to last them, um, for as long as you can. So, yeah, I, 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 what I love about that idea is that there's a sense of art history in that, um, there's a sense of interconnectedness and, and evolution, right? It's never, it's not a pure revolution every single time people think that they're reinventing the wheel, but rather it's, it's step-by-step. And, and if you do trace, you know, design features back, you can see where they sort of came from, um, which sure. I think is, which I think is super powerful. Um, so yep. do you think that at this point, um, what are some of the things that maybe you're seeing now or you're working on now that you will, you would expect to last the test of time, you know, that will be as impactful, um, in the next 10 years of design and art and, and logos and things like that. Um, like what am I working on now? That's gonna, yeah. I mean, just sort of elements that you would say you, you would expect that this will, you know, you, this might last a bit longer. Sure. So I think, you know, I mean, every logo that I create, I want, like, I don't want to have my client, uh, you know, 10 years from now having to redo it. Um, I know, like, you know, at least from a conceptual standpoint, right? Like, logos yeah. are always modernized, um, you know, and modernizing is okay. Um, but, you know, if I had it my way, I would, like to just like never have my logos rebranded but i know yeah. that that's you know it's not practical but um i don't know man i think it's just you know that's i i kind of go into it with my own methods and um you know i just want something that's going to stand the test of time uh for myself and for my clients you know yeah yeah i love it i love that idea because Ultimately, it's the company, right? And the company's got to represent something. Hopefully, it's it's doing well in the next ten years, right? That the logo yeah. is still still going strong, right? For sure, for sure. Perfect. Uh, let's just jump into our final sort of quick fire quick fire questions, if that's okay. Um, so I just want to know because obviously you're an artist, so uh, an artist, and I and I think we might have had a little hint, maybe of who this might be, but an artist that you would have loved to have seen work in person um obviously yeah be alive right now or dead or whatever sure 100 percent lichtenstein he's just like you know he's he's my guy uh i you know when i was when i was doing the art history and we got into that i mean he, that's the first time i had ever heard of him or seen his work uh, was in that art history class and i mean since then um it's yeah He's, you know, I've seen his work in museums. Um, you know, I've got some prints at the house, not originals, of course, <laughs> but um, not yet. But, not yet. Uh, yeah, not yet. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he'd definitely be my guy. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so then if you could only work with one medium for the rest of your life, um, what would it be? Uh, I'm doing it. Uh, the just just the pure balance of just like art and tech is just so me um it it's just you know it's it's my perfect medium mm. um i don't like as much as i do like drawing and you know all that stuff i've never been a big painter um but yeah it's it's got to be uh adobe on the computer you know um pushing yeah. pixels and uh setting dots in illustrator it's you know that's that's my jam yeah a quick segue before we get to the last question but what, sure. do, what do you make of what do you make of ai um in the art space and in the design space sure great question man i mean i think yeah. it's uh it's so interesting right and it's mm -hmm. you don't really know 
you know, you could kind of draw theories on where it's going to go. Am I going to be replaced and all this stuff? But I see it as just um, another tool. Uh, you know, I see it as another like plugin for Photoshop or Illustrator where mm. um, it's just something else that I utilize. And yeah. I don't mess with it. You know, I mess with it a little bit um, on the like on the photography side, you know, mm. it's, you know, I'm putting up like, you know, mock-ups and stuff, or if I'm building like a website, you know, I'm doing placeholder stuff. Uh, I haven't really used it for logos. Uh, I know like, you know, it can help spur maybe some ideas if you're feeling stuck. Um, but it's, the tech is just nowhere close to, to get, getting you anywhere. Um, yeah. You know, and then on the writing side, you know, I've got content writers that I work with. Uh, that side is, you know, it's a little bit scarier, but, you know, the content writers, um, you know, some of them that I work with are, are using the AI and then, you know, putting their own thing on it. So it's changing thing, man. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then there's this whole like, you know, virtual thing where you know we got into like nfts and yeah. and all that stuff like they they hit a, they peaked out like what a mm -hmm. year or two ago and oh yeah we haven't seen the end of them um, i'm sure they're going to come back and then you know the apple vision just came out mm -hmm. which is creating yeah. like you know different spaces and you know it's this ready player one yeah. uh world it, yeah i think it's gonna be there and at some point whether you like it or not and then it's it's like you know that world is gonna need to be filled with art and yeah you know how is how is that gonna translate so sure. these are all things that kind of like run around in the back of my mind so all that to say i'm not scared of any of it i bring it like you know i i try to learn as much as i can mm. um i don't see it as a threat at least to myself. Yeah. Um, I see it as a tool to be able to use. Um, sure. But, you know, it is scary. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie about that. Everyone's going to yeah. kind of, <laughs> you know, thing, but I'm not going to dig into that. I, th I think yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's interesting and I stay mm -hmm. on top of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I find that whole thing fascinating. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not scared of it in the sense that, you know, no matter what they call it, artificial intelligence, it's really at this stage, just a very effective algorithm of learning um, right. and a very effective search engine for a lot of things. Um, but it's not it's not creative. It cannot think uh, for itself and it does not um, make something that is truly, you know, it still needs a person to create the art um, and sure. and having a conversation with you as we work through a process to design a logo is a very different experience, obviously, than typing stuff into chat GPT or mid journey or whatever it is, and it regurgitating something back at you. Um, right. You know, so I think that as you say, it's not something that's like, at the in this form, it's not going to replace anything, how this develops and everything else. I mean, we'll kind of we'll wait and see and, and we'll watch on with fascination like everybody else. But um, it, sure. Uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting. The NFT thing. I mean, that was the biggest bubble uh, in the art yeah. for a while. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see. I mean, all those people that bought those board monkey things or whatever, and, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. crypto this, yeah. crypto that. So it's uh, yeah. uh, it's fascinating. But um, it it really is. I th I think you know, and, and the AI stuff. It's you know, I. I want to stay on top of it, um, mm. mainly because I'm kind of interested in it. Sure. You know, I like, I, like I said, you know, a couple times I'm like super techie, so it interests me. So I read into it, um, and you know, Adobe is like really integrating it into yeah. their software. And I mean, even on like you know, the I think the Illustrator stuff is probably a little more behind than mm -hmm. the photoshop ai but yeah. the photoshop I, ai stuff they're doing right now is really impressive and i'm able to use it um you know not so much creatively but it sure. works um you know it takes away some of just like the uh 
you know, the, the boring, like, yeah, that's, stuff that's, that would take me 20 minutes say. to do. Yeah. yeah, it's a tool. It's a tool that you can yeah. use, like all those selection pieces and things like that, that uh, right. it can actually recognize what's in the picture instead of, you know, you having to pinpoint everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, cool I, I stuff, love though. that. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to when 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 something big happens, we'll we'll bring you back on and we'll we'll do an analysis uh, <laughs> of of what this means for for everybody. But uh, there we go. You know. But then, just to get to our very very last question, so you know, just thinking about your own work, and and I think you've kind of touched on this already, but um, you know, what is the feeling that you really want people to to leave with after seeing uh, you know one of your pieces, one of the one of the logos, one of the you know, drawing something that you've created? Yeah, I mean, you know, number one, I want anything that I create to draw a reaction um, out of someone, uh, whether that reaction is like, um, you know, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you if you're able to create an art that's able to create a reaction of somebody, then then you did your job, right? Um, for But it means, you know, I want different things for different different projects that I work on for my logos. Like, you know, I want them to be timeless. I want them to last forever. I don't want them to ever have to be redone. Um, Maybe they're refreshed, but conceptually I want them to stay the same. Right. Yeah. Um, So, you know, that's, that's probably timeless. Timelessness is probably my, my, my thing. Awesome. Mine. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, and I appreciate, uh, you know, you coming on and us having this uh, discussion and all the work that we have done together and and that we're still doing is all, it's very exciting. Um, You know, and there's more, there's more to come, I'm sure. But, uh, but absolutely. But thank you, Bo. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'll be putting all of the links to your, to your website, your socials, they'll all be in the description uh, of this episode. Awesome. Much appreciated. It's it's been a pleasure, man. Awesome. Thank you, Bo. You bet. If you enjoyed this show, please give us a follow on your preferred podcast listening platform, as well as on Instagram or Facebook, where you can find us under altalena.art. A link to this week's podcast can also be found on our website, altalena.art forward slash aesthetic education. If you are interested in seeing more of Bo's work or partnering with Left Hand Design in your next project, the links to his website and social media can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to welcoming you back real soon.